and we are in the book of Colossians. Thanks for being here. We're in chapter 3. We'll read verses 5 through 11. And so, please be asking the Lord for help for me tonight as I preach, that I'd be a channel only, and that He would teach you what you need to hear tonight. That you would walk away with the truth that God has for you and the application that is fitting for your situation it's amazing how the Holy Spirit can do that. He can take a passage and he can apply it a hundred different ways for a hundred different people. So you ask the Lord that your heart and mind would be open and the Lord would use me just as a channel. Let's read Colossians chapter 3 verses 5 through 11. Paul says this to the Colossians. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of thy mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. The title of the message tonight is Out with the Old and In with the New. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight as we contemplate your word, we're reminded of our new life in Jesus Christ, and that old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Help us daily to renew our mind in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, to become more like Him daily, and to make Christ our all and in all, the center of our universe. Lord, help us to focus on Jesus tonight. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Out with the old... And in with the new. I remember my first drill in Lansing. New position, new unit, exciting day. And of course, I wanted to make a good first impression, right? And so I diligently checked the schedule. Okay, first formation is at 0730 at building 30. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Schedule for the weekend is dining in, Christmas party. Uniform is ASUs or dress blues. Got it. Well, I was the only one in ASUs that day. Um, you ever showed up in the wrong uniform? It's kind of embarrassing, right? Here I am in my dress blues with all my brass and, you know, all that fancy stuff, shiny shoes, and everybody else is in their work uniform. I stuck out like a sore thumb. It's so embarrassing when that happens. You feel so out of place, like a distraction. You don't want to be seen. You want to crawl under a rock, but you can't help but be seen because of the way you stick out. So apparently the schedule was revised, a fact of which I was very unaware, and just again feeling so out of place. And that leads me to the problem in our passage tonight, and the problem that we see in this passage is that we are often out of uniform or out of fashion for our new position. You see, you and I, when we placed our faith in Jesus Christ, were given a new position. I had a new position in that unit. 
I went from the battalion to the brigade and I wanted to make a, first imp- a great first impression. I'm, I'm a leader of chaplains now. I'm going to show up and, and look the part and I was wrong. And how many times do you and I say that we have new life in Jesus and yet our behavior demonstrates that we're wearing the wrong uniform? We are out of fashion and it shows and we stick out like a sore thumb. We just finished in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 5a, we just finished talking about mortifying our flesh, the members that are on earth. Do you remember that? And he's going to get into detail about what those those uh, things are that our members tend to do. And we mortify our flesh and the members that are upon the earth because of and in the power of the resurrected life that we have in Jesus Christ. The passage tells us that we are dead, dead to sin, dead to self, and dead to the world, and we're alive in Jesus Christ. We have identity with Jesus. He reminds us of the authority that Jesus has being seated at the right hand of the Father. And he has the authority to give you victory over your sin. He has the power to do that. And it's a beautiful thing that he has the authority also to give you good desires and they're lawful, they're good, they're wholesome. The world and Satan offers you gratification, but they don't have the authority to do it. And when you take advantage of that sinful gratification, there's guilt and shame because he turns around right after he says, go ahead, you can take it, you deserve it. As soon as you take it, Satan turns around and says, I can't believe you. You call yourself a Christian and then he puts you to shame. Don't let any man judge you. Do the right thing and you won't feel the judgment of the accuser of the brethren. Walk uprightly with your Lord in the resurrected new life. We need, we said last week, we need to reckon our new life and position as true in our daily lives. We need to remember the resurrection and reckon those truths to be so every single day. We need to renew our mind that way. If we forget, we'll fall back into our default, which is in the flesh. And unfortunately, we have this new position in Jesus Christ. When God looks at me, he doesn't look at the old CJ with all of his sin He looks at His Son, Jesus Christ. And positionally, I am justified and righteous. I am the child of God. And unfortunately, I don't always dress the part. Does anybody recognize this guy in the picture on the next slide? You know who that is? Senator from PA, John Fetterman. And... uh, he, he kind of prides himself that he's the people's man, you know, wearing his Carhartt and shorts and sneakers uh, at a press conference, right? I'm not going to say anything about the man or his policy, but it's just such a distraction. Somebody needs to knock on his door and says, you have a new position, you need to look the part, right? And there's nothing inherently wrong with his attire, right? Um, but he's out of fashion, Right? He doesn't fit, and it's, it's actually a distraction. And when you and I say to the world, yeah, we're followers of Jesus Christ, but we have the wrong uniform on, we're walking in the flesh, and we're not dressed the part, it, it, it's such a distraction from what you're trying to say. Christians walking around as worldly as the next is like, what are you doing? Why are you living this way? 
Why do you say you're a believer in Jesus Christ? You're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're blending in with everybody else. You, you have a new position, and you ought to dress the part. Put off the old. That stinky old Carhartt hoodie needs to come off. And he needs to put on the suit and the tie to look the part. Christian, you have a new position in Jesus Christ. You're dead to sin. Put it off. Put off the old man and put on the new man to match your position in Jesus Christ. Let's look at verses 6 and 7 where Paul gives us the products of our earthly members. He says to mortify our members which are upon the earth. And he doesn't mean... You know, take a sawzall and cut your arm off, okay? Um, don't do that, okay? There's nothing spiritual about that. What he's talking about is the products of our members, what our flesh tends to do and uh, tends to want, right? He says, put them to death in the authority and the power and the position that you have in Jesus Christ. The products of our earthly members are as follows. And I don't want to spend a lot of time focusing on the negative, but we have to look at them. Fornication. This is sexual misconduct. It, it's heartbreaking when you hear of a pastor who gets involved in something like he shouldn't and, and it hurts the church. It's heartbreaking when you hear of a husband or a wife who gets involved in something that they shouldn't. It, it has uh, what is called collateral damage, Right? Christian, we ought to strive to be pure people. People who walk worthily of our calling, of our new life and our new position. You often hear stories of senators or congressmen or mayors, etc., getting involved in some immorality and this big scandal, you know, hits the headlines, right? We don't need that stain on the, the, the name of Jesus Christ. If you have an issue in this area, seek out godly help. There is victory in Jesus Christ. But the, the, the issue that we face is it's a daily thing, right? Um, kids don't always love baths, right? Oh, it's bath day, you know. It's like um, I've gone a few days without showering, especially when I'm in the field. And I'm telling you, there's like this film all over your body. It's like three layers thick, right? You just can't wait to get that hot shower and get all that grime and nastiness off. And when we walk in this world, it, it, it's inevitable that we will brush up against dirt and filth. We live in this body and it tends to want to go back to its default, which is self-gratification and self-indulgence. And every single day, we need that shower. We need to get back in the Word and renew our mind and put off the old. It's a daily thing. Maybe daily accountability for you. Maybe you need to get some people in your life that will daily or weekly or often check in on you. When he says mortify the deeds of the body, you remember it reminds me of Jesus' words when he says, if your right eye offend thee, pluck it out. What he's saying is that's a drastic statement. Would have taken you off. God, pluck your eye out. Yes, take drastic measures in order to defeat your sin. If you're serious about this thing called purity and honoring your Lord and you're struggling in this area, take drastic measures. Do you remember the movie Fireproof? Right? I love the scene 
where the neighbor's drinking his coffee and he's watching, you know, just beating the computer with a baseball bat. He's like, there's Jeff again, you know, weirdo. But he was serious about the matter of purity. And he said, I'm not going to let that once be named among me. And I'm going to take care of this matter of fornication. And unfortunately, it seems that the false teachings in Colossae were confusing and or leading these Christians into sexual impurity. Because if all things are evil and uh, physical things are evil and I'm a physical being, I might as well just indulge, some were saying. That's not the case. We need to understand our relationship to this physical world. And while I have liberty in Jesus Christ and I don't need to submit to uh, man's ordinances unnecessarily, right, excessive rules and laws, I still have to submit to the head, which is Jesus Christ, and my body is his, and I need to live a pure and holy life. If I indulge in fornication, I'm in the wrong uniform. I'm not living the life that is matching my new position. And when I preach the message, they look at my life and say, well, wait a second, that doesn't match. So please don't tell me how to live. Let's avoid this sin called fornication. And if that's a struggle of yours, there's victory. You can get help. We're here for you. Uncleanness. This is moral corruption and evil acts. Just morally degraded, right? Um, And we see this all the time. People uh, corrupt deals and the, the false balances that the Lord says are abomination, right? Just uncleanness in our society. Folks, this ought to be a place where they say, wow, they, they, there's some clean living there in the church. They're doing the right thing. They're honest. They're men and women of integrity, right? What are some other pro- uh, products of our members, our earthly members? Inordinate affections. This is lustful or uncontrollable excessive passion, right? Inordinate meaning um, out of place and excessive just uh, passion for things uh, that is out of place, right? Um, let me just use, for sake of example, sports, okay? Uh, I'm going to step on some toes maybe. If you know me, I'm a big Philadelphia fan, right? Uh, if you were there when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, that's a little embarrassing for me, right? I was going berserk, right? Um, it's just a Philly thing. I don't know, from South Jersey, I love them. And when my team wins, I get very passionate. And honestly, sometimes I think we get passionate, overly passionate about the wrong things. We really do. We get enamored with with sports or with events or with clothing or whatever it may be. And our whole focus is on this thing that is temporal and passing. And we sit in church falling asleep when the word of God is preached because it's become so humdrum and old and I don't, I know everything there is to know. I'm not excited about souls being saved anymore. I'm not excited about the rapture. There's a problem. We're wearing the wrong uniform. When the world looks at us, we ought to be fanatical, but in the right place, in the right things, excited about our walk with Jesus Christ, excited about what we learned in our morning devotions excited about getting the gospel out to our neighbors, friends, family, etc. These are the things that we should be passionate about. Check yourself and ask yourself, are my affections inordinate? Are they excessive? 
about worldly things. This is the danger that has crept into the church in Colossae, and I fear it's crept into the church in the United States of America as well. We're passionate about so many things except our walk with Jesus Christ. He goes on and he talks about evil concupiscence. That's an interesting word we don't typically use today. But it's the idea of desire or longing, right? And a desire can be good. It can drive us to accomplish something. We ought to have desires for godly and good things. But here, our flesh and our members tend to um, desire evil things. That passion drives us then to desire the wrong things. And we get caught up in these things and we're not honoring God. We're out of fashion for our new position. He talks about covetousness, greedy desire for self-gratification. He has it and I don't and I want it. And the world has told us that we deserve it. Go out and get it no matter what. Don't let anybody stop you. Um, Often I find myself or I hear people complaining about different things, right? Well, if I only had more money, if the weather was better, if my knee didn't hurt, if, if this person did that, or if I had better education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are we doing? We're telling God that his program is broken, that God's plan is wrong, and I want this, and I don't have it, and it's not right. The universe isn't rotating around me. We're coveting, and we're not trusting our loving Heavenly Father to guide us in his plan. And we've replaced Jesus at the center and we've put something else at the center. We've either put ourselves or desire, whatever it is, we, we are worshiping at the altar of self. And that's why the Bible says that covetousness is idolatry. He says that um, if we worship, if we covet we are worshiping someone or something, whether it's self, another, or another thing, other than Jesus Christ, and that is the sin of idolatry. We need to put Jesus back in his rightful place. In verse 6, he talks about these sins, these products of our earthly members, bringing the wrath of God. Ephesians tells us not to be partakers with them. Don't be partakers in their evil deeds, but Christian, you have a new position. You have new life in Christ. Don't partake in the divine wrath on their sins. Did you know that you can partake in God's divine wrath? Now, I'm not talking about uh, condemnation. But I am saying that if you get involved in sinful and worldly activities, there's a natural consequence and sometimes a very specifically divine um, retribution on those sins. And if you're standing within 10 feet, you might just get hit too. So don't associate with them in their worldly practices. It doesn't mean that we can't eat with sinners as Jesus did. But don't partake with them. Christian, you're wearing the wrong uniform. Your clothes are out of fashion. Get back in fashion and put on the new man. Start walking in the new man. He says that sometime you used to walk in these things. Don't walk in these things anymore. Why would you partake in these evil deeds that break the heart of your Savior and that bring God's divine wrath? God's wrath is coming. We read about it in the scriptures, especially in the book of Revelation. Great tribulation and other divine judgments. 
But some have said, and I believe it's true, that God's judgment has already fallen and is falling on our country. He's given these people over to their desires, and it is, it's scary. They have gone so far down in degradation. It, it's, it's sad and sickening. And it may be that if you continue to pull and pull and pull and pull against God, he may just eventually say, okay, I love you, but I'm just going to let you go. Don't get to the point where God just says, okay, fine, go headlong into your sin. And I'm not talking about uh, apostasy. I'm talking about just God saying, okay, you want it? I told you no. Fine, you can have it. And you'll face the consequences. That is your punishment. And the beautiful thing is that if that's happened to you, often God can use that to bring you to yourself as the prodigal and bring you back. God can do, excuse me, do that. These were the habits of the old self, but now, he says in verse 8, but now put all these off. Now it may sound from the text that he's stating a fact. He says, but now ye also put off all these as if it's already happened. But here it's actually a command. It's an imperative. He's telling you, Christian, put these things off. Put off the old and put on the new. Let's look at some more characteristics of the old man. He says in verse 8, he talks about anger. Put this off, anger. This is akin to excessive passion. People who are very passionate about something, that same passion can turn into hatred and anger. You look at David's son, um, was it Amnon? I think I'm getting my names right. Who uh, raped his sister. It said he loved her. I mean, loved her. And the moment his flesh was gratified, what did that passion turn into? Hate. Very closely associated. We need to be careful about what we're passionate about and that uncontrolled desire because it can show up in anger. And I put frustrated here because referring back to what I said earlier about we often complain. Lord, why isn't the weather good today? Ah, come on, I wanted to do the thing. And we throw a a pity party. We get frustrated. We're frustrated that the kids aren't listening. We're frustrated that I didn't uh, get the candy bar that I wanted. We're frustrated by this and frustrated by this. Maybe you've experienced that frustration and you're just angry inside. Is it because you're not trusting God about what's best for you? Self is at the center and you're saying, I'm so frustrated that I can't get what I want. And really you're angry at God because he's not playing along to your rules. And we need to put that off and say, no, no, that was, that was the old man. That's the flesh. I'll never find satisfaction in that anyway. I was not created for that. I was created to glorify God, to put him at the center and play according to his rules and trust the hand of my loving heavenly father. You know what happens to our frustration? It dissolves. Because now we are in submission to his will. We, we experience divine blessing, divine peace, and joy. And the world rotates around him as it should. Everything works as it should. How about wrath? From anger, this seething inside, this passion, this frustration is wrath. Uncontrollable actions in anger. You know, you see somebody punching a wall or kicking the dog or whatever it may be 
and it's like uncontrollable. It's just, uh, they lash out. That's not how we should be characterized in our new life in Jesus Christ. And if that's an area in which you struggle, again, seek help and look at yourself. Am I frustrated? Am, am I constantly angry that things aren't working out the way that I think they should? Put Jesus back at the center. Submit to his will. Take self off of the throne. Stop serving your own desires and wishes and wants and goals and aspirations. And put Jesus at the forefront. Make him preeminent. Jesus, I want my life, my family, my goals, my finances, everything in my life to lift you up. And I'm telling you, the frustration abates because God will then use you to fulfill that goal of lifting him up. And there's satisfaction, there's fulfillment in that purpose. People who try to lift up themselves are constantly frustrated because that's not the way the world works. Others will always try to trump you and push you down and, and, and it's just going to be a frustrating life. You're always going to be unhappy. Put Jesus on the pedestal, lift him up and you are in your rightful place and there's great satisfaction there. How about malice? This word has the idea of badness. That's what it means, badness. Rotten at the core. Man, I hope this is not true of any of us. That in our hearts, we're just so steeped in sin that we're just constantly thinking of evil and bad and ill will toward others. And it manifests itself in evil intent toward others because of self-preservation. We're just bad to the core. Everything we think and say and do is just me, 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 bad, bad, bad. And it shows itself in malice. I've seen some people just stab somebody in the back. And it's like, why would you do that? And at the heart is just rottenness. It's like, if I can't be happy, ain't nobody going to be happy. I'm going to make all of you miserable just because I didn't get what I want. I don't care if you had anything to do with it. If I can't be happy, you can't be happy. Be careful of allowing the flesh to do what it does and getting to this point of malice, badness, and evil intent toward others. How about blasphemy? When our heart is wrong and it's squeezed, what comes out of it, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And if our mind and our heart are dwelling on bad things and evil things and lusts and concup evil concupiscence, right? And we're constantly frustrated because ourselves are at the center. It won't be a surprise if something filthy comes out of our mouth. Because that's what we're dwelling on. That's where our heart is. And this is evil speaking, especially against someone, right? It's blasphemy. Speaking evil against another. Or filthy communication, vile conversation. Be careful of what you talk about. Those jokes that you tell or are involved in. Let your speech glorify God and edify the hearer. That's the new man. Put the old off. Look the part, Christian. You have a new position in Jesus Christ. So put on the new. And then finally, he talks about lying one to another. Put this off. Lying is the willingness to defraud a brother or sister for personal gain or benefit. We've gotten so, um, so far from Christ that we no longer have a love for his people. And we're willing to deceive and, and take from another for personal benefit, lying one to another, defraud 
one another. Put this off. So this is our problem. The problem is we have a new position in Jesus Christ. He says, remember the resurrection. Mortify the members upon earth and all the products and the characteristics of the old man. And then he says, put on. Put on the new man. The solution to our problem of not looking the part, being out of uniform, Christian, is putting off and putting on in verses 8 and 10. Let's read those verses one more time. He says in verse 8, But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Verse 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So number one, what do we need to do? We need to replace the old with the new. Do it every day, folks. Take those things and say, no, I'm dead to that. I'm reckoning that to be so. I'm putting off old habits. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore, right? And I'm forming new habits. I'm saying, no, I'm alive in Jesus Christ. And I don't look at that stuff anymore. I don't listen to that stuff anymore. I don't talk that way anymore because I'm a new creature. The old me is dead, and I do not have to do it. In the authority and position that I have in Jesus Christ, I'm renouncing these old things, and I'm putting on the new. I'm forming new habits. I'm serving a new master. I don't have to serve the flesh and the sin and the world. I'm serving the head, Jesus Christ, and I am willfully submitting myself to him. We have a new master and I'm putting off old premises. What I mean by that is the, the ground upon which you stand. Before, we used to walk with self at the center. I am number one. I will please myself. I am God in this world. And I'm going to go and take it because I deserve it. That's an old premise. Put that aside. Put, put it off. Throw it off. So, you know I'm a beekeeper, right? And recently, my dad was in town. And uh, the beekeeper's worst fear. Anybody know what it is? Getting a bee inside your suit. That, oh, <laughs> right? Occasionally, like when they get angry, you can hear them. They're hitting you, right? And then one will be crawling up your mask and you're like, is it inside or outside? Well, my dad, first time in a bee suit, got one on the inside. <laughs> and I was, I was like impressed because he was like, son, is there something on my neck? No. And, oh, yep, there it is. Do you want me to kill it? Do you want me to? He's like, nope. He walked over away from the hive calmly, took his suit off, dropped it, and he was fine. I wouldn't have done that. I'd have been casting it off. Put it off. Get it off me, right? We need to take the flesh and put it off. It's going to sting. It's going to hurt. It's going it's to cause collateral damage. Put it off. Get it out of here as fast and as quick as you can. Put it as far away from you as you can. Fear it in a healthy way. Put it off. So replace the old with the new. Put off old habits and masters and premises. Our premise should be that Jesus is my head. He is everything to me. My life is built on the, on the standing, the ground, the premise that Jesus is at the center. That's my new premise. That's how I look at the world now. Put on the new man with its new thinking. Renew your mind daily in the scriptures. Listen to godly preaching. Talk with other believers and renew your mind. Please be careful of what you listen to and watch. 
Social media is a great thing, but I'm telling you, it's, it has stolen because we've allowed it to so many hours of our time and so much brain power. And I, I've found myself, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to check my notifications. You know, so-and-so hearted a, a picture of my daughter. That's great. And, oh, yeah, this person responded to my inquiry about, you know, Facebook Marketplace. And, oh, that's a cool video. Oh, that's fun. And like 20 minutes later, I'm like, watching stuff that's just dumb. Like mouse traps. like the mouse is keep going in the bucket. And I'm like watching this thing that's 50. Why am I doing this? And other things that, that just honestly, if you're not careful, temptation will flash before your eyes. And, and lewdness and, and foolishness. Folks, put off the world's thinking. Right? And... Choose your entertainment wisely. What is that? Entertainment. It's not bad. But is it, is it all-consuming? Is it our go-to every single night? Do, do we come home from a hard day's work and say, I just want to plop down and watch TV? Is that the way that we think? Is that, are we feeding the flesh or feeding the spirit? We need, we need to be intentional about our behavior and our thinking. We need to have on a new uniform. And we need to look the part, put off the old and put on the new. Live abundant and fruitful Christian lives because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Constantly be putting to death your members upon the earth. Every day ought to be better than the last because you're gaining mastery over your flesh and you're walking more in tune with the Spirit every day more with a biblical outlook on the world. More, you're looking more and more each new day through the eyes of Jesus Christ at this lost and dying world. The, the politicians and those with whom you disagree with politically were once an annoyance and maybe even there's passion and hatred and now you're looking at them through the eyes of Jesus and begging God, God, save their souls. Help me to be a witness. Help churches to get the gospel out and, and love them to Jesus and give them the truth so we can change their hearts and minds, not blow them off the face of the earth. Every day, we ought to be putting off and putting on the new. Our thinking, our behavior, our goals ought to be new. This Christian is your true self. You see, we drag around this body and it wants to go back to the old way, right? But that's not who you are anymore. That you is dead. Jesus said so. That is a positional truth and a spiritual truth that you are alive in Jesus Christ and the old you is dead and you need to, you need to reckon it to be so and you need to live according to the resurrection and the, uh, the abundant life that you have in Christ. You need to live according to the new position you have in Jesus Christ. Do it, Christian. Every day, put on the new. This is your true self. We need to replace the old with the new. And secondly, we need to renew our spirit in knowledge. He says in verse 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image or the fashion of him that created him. To be like Jesus, we must know the word. Get into the word and renew your mind. And as we get to know Jesus in his word, we become more like him. Our spirit, our mind 
is renewed. Renew your spirit in that knowledge. Seek knowledge as, as hidden treasure. Seek for it to find it. We talked about that last week. Don't just, no, not here. No, turn over every nook and cranny. Turn every page. Spend every moment. Find the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ and renew your mind. So we need to renew certain things or we'll lose the benefits, right? We need to renew certain things. Without renewal, we will lose benefits, right? You have maybe a membership card somewhere, and if you don't renew that, you lose the benefits. How many of you have a Michigan driver's license, right? Let's see that up there. There I am, right? There's my license. No, not really. <laughs> I figured you needed a laugh right about now at 750, right? But recently, I went and upgraded my CDL, and I had a year left on my old license. I thought I was just going to get an upgrade from a C to a B. And they said, oh, it'll be $65. And I, well, what's that for? Oh, well, we did this, and we renewed your license. I said, but it still has a year left. Yeah, but you're, you're eligible. It's close enough. Okay, great. So I don't have to do it again until, I don't know, 2030 or something like that. And if I don't renew my license and I get pulled over with an expired license, that's trouble, right? If you show up at the gym 10 months after your membership has lapsed, you're not getting in, right? What I'm saying, Christian, is you, ha you have a membership card. You've been born again. You have... You have a new position in Jesus Christ. But the benefits are only realized as we renew our minds and our spirits in the word of God. If we just say, I'm good, I'm in, I'm golden, and we go on yesterday's grace and last month's grace and last year's devotional, folks, you're missing out on so many benefits. Renew yourself, renew your spirit, renew your mind daily in the knowledge of him that created you. It talks about the image of him or in fashion of Jesus Christ. And a little play on words there, I said that often we are out of fashion. Our clothes are out of fashion, right? We're wearing bell bottoms and, you know, whatever else, right? No, no, no. You have a new position. You're a new person. This is a new era. Put on the new. Cast off the old. Get in the fashion or the image of Jesus Christ. You used to not look like Jesus. You looked like the world. That was normal and expected. But you are a member of a new family. And so get in fashion. Right? Realize your benefits. Renew your mind. Look the part. And renew your spirit in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Things of this earth tend to get old fast. And that's why we need a daily renewal. Do you remember during COVID? Everybody was wearing the mask and many people were wearing gloves. Right? I always cringe when people at fast food restaurants serve me with gloves, and here's the reason why. Because I know they haven't changed them gloves all day long, right? It's like, lady, just take the gloves off, wash your hands, or put a new pair on. It's like cooking the burger, taking the cash, register, scratching the head. It's like, oh, that's so gross, man. Change them, renew, right? Take them off, throw them away. They're disgusting. They're gross, right? Um, the masks, some people wore the same mask for like, still are wearing the same mask, you know? And if it's white on the inside, it's not white anymore. It's a, it's a different color, right? Throw it away, right, Jason, right? They, you, you're supposed to throw it away after like one visit. 
Throw it away. That's old. It's, it's used. It, get it off. Put on the new. The things of this earth tend to get old real fast. And if you and I can't walk through this world without, without the need for a daily renewal in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, because if we don't, we'll get sucked into the world's way of thinking and behavior and premises. Folks, renew every day. Renew your spirit and knowledge. And then secondly, thirdly, excuse me, recalibrate the focus of your life. Verses 5 and 11. He says this in verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And in verse 11, he says, talking about in the knowledge of him, in the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is in all and in all. Recalibrate the focus of your life. So, um, I do a lot of target shooting and I do some hunting, right? And I'm fascinated, fascinated with these snipers or these hunters who can hit literally a mile away. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievably precise. The windage, and, and I'm telling you, they have to practice. They have to practice consistently. And what they do is they recalibrate, Right? Oh, oh, it got bumped around in transport. I need, I need to fix this. Because one millionth of a millimeter off here is 10 feet off there. See what I'm saying? And folks, we talked about this, I think, Sunday. When you're flying, one inch to the left means two miles an hour later. Every day, we need to recalibrate to Jesus Christ. Our flesh wants to put itself at the center. The world is encouraging you to put your flesh and your desires and your aspirations and your goals at the center of your life. And you need to say, no, that's not me. I'm, I'm going against, I'm counterculture. I'm a member of a new culture, a member of a new family, a member of a new kingdom. I'm going the opposite way. And I'm going to recalibrate my aim. I'm going to readjust my angle of attack, right? My, my direction to Jesus Christ every single day. Because if we don't, we get very far off track very quickly. Covetousness is idolatry. In other words, seeking solely our own desires. That's what covetousness is. Is worship of someone or something other than Jesus Christ. Be careful that we don't get off in our desires and we're coveting our own fleshly desires and now we're worshiping anything or anyone but Jesus Christ. Recalibrate to Jesus Christ. Put Christ back at the center. This is your new life's purpose. That's what you were made for, Christian. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Put Jesus at the center. When Christ has his proper place in our lives or when he is all and in all, according to verse 7, 11, excuse me. When Christ is all and in all, he permeates every aspect of your life. He permeates your finances. He permeates your romantic relationship. He permeates your friendships, your clothing choices, your entertainment choices, the things you eat, the the way you treat your neighbor. He permeates the way that you react to that person cutting you off in life. Everything. He is all and he is in all. He's everything you think about every day, all day. When Jesus is in that place, here's what happens. 
then we see the world as we should. That person who pulls us off is a soul who needs to be saved. And if I blow up and give him certain hand signals, I'll never have the opportunity to share Jesus Christ with him. If I argue with the person in line because my cheeseburger had cheese and I ordered without cheese, what testimony do I have if I hand him a gospel tract? If I scream and yell at my kids or rude to my wife and my neighbor overhears that, what kind of testimony do I have in my neighborhood? When Jesus is all and in all, man, we see the world different. This world is not an object for which we seek to devour and consume for our own selfish ambitions and lusts. But it is a tool given in our hands to steward and to glorify him and give him his rightful place and point others to Jesus Christ. When he's in his rightful position, we see the world differently. And you know what happens to pride and greed? We renounce them. We say, it's not about me. It's, it doesn't matter if I get what I want. I renounce it. I'm dead to those things. And I'm alive in Jesus Christ. I have a new position. I have a new life. I have new ambitions, new goals, new premises, new habits. It's all about Jesus Christ. And pride and greed are renounced. In verse 11, he says, where there is neither Greek or Gentile or Jew, and I think you understand the animosity there. Circumcision or uncircumcision, we're different and we're better and we're called out and you're not. You're common and we're uncommon. There's pride, selfishness, greed. Barbarian, Scythian. Scythian means rough, potentially someone who lived in the area. Barbarians were those who didn't speak Greek, right? They were, they were commoners and filthy and lowly, the untouchables. That's all gone because we see them as creations of God for whom Jesus died and they must hear the gospel. And we are willing to give ourselves on the altar of sacrifice to reach those souls for Jesus Christ. And if my pride is hurt or it costs me some money and some time, that's okay because Jesus has his rightful place and Jesus has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it's, you know what happens to racism and elitism? He says, bond and free. Well, I'm free. You know, I'm, I'm white collar and you're blue collar. You know, racism. You know what happens to that? It's abolished. Because in Jesus Christ, we're all one. In this building, male, female, rich, poor, child, adult, we are one body in Jesus Christ and he's the head. Yes, we have differences and the Lord can use it. It's a beautiful thing that he can take people from every tongue and nation and social status, etc. And with all of our history and bring us into Jesus Christ and help us to love each other, bear one another's burdens and together reach the world. The world should look at the church as the paragon of unity and the answer to racism and hatred and pride. We need to put on every day and renew our minds. Or are we getting sucked into the thinking of the world? Yeah, our, our class is better. Yeah, that group of people is lowlier. They, they're undeserving, and we are. Don't get sucked into the old way of thinking. You're a new person in Christ. Put it on. Number three to decision point, and I'm done. My question for you is, what are you going to wear? Sometimes that's a hard decision, Right? Um, Pastor Barber's gone at a preaching conference and I joked and I sent him a text. I said, jeans and t-shirt tonight, you know. Um, but I wouldn't do that. 
because this is, this is our culture, right? I want to look the part. This is my position. I've been given a privilege. I'm going to look the part. If I had my way, I'd wear jeans and t-shirt every day, right? It's just easier. Comfortable jeans, grab a t-shirt, throw it on. I have to decide what tie to wear to try to match my socks with my tie. Did you know that's a thing? Um, you know, my, my belt has to be the same color as my shoes. And oh man, you know, and it's all stiff around the collar, you know. And it's hard to decide sometimes what to wear. I wore that suit the last three weeks. I can't wear that one. I, uh, I got to buy more suits so I don't have, you know. What are you going to wear today, Christian? You're going to put on the old, walk in the flesh, go back to fornication and lying and greed and covetousness so that when the world looks at you, they're confused and, and you don't have a message to give and you're, you're, you're defeated and you're frustrated. You're going to cast that off and say, nope, that's, that's the old fashion. I'm not wearing that anymore. That's ridiculous. I'm going to put on the new. I'm going to wear the new man. Put off the old and put on the new. Let's compare the old way with the new way. With the old way, it says, I'm at the center. And the new way, it says, Christ is at the center. The old way says, obey the flesh. Do whatever you want. It feels good. Grab it. Do it. Life is short. The new way says, obey the Spirit. And submit to the Holy Spirit. Be in tune with the Spirit. And the old way says, pursue sinful desires of the flesh. But the new way is a pursuit of those spiritual desires that are nurtured in Jesus Christ as you renew your mind and your spirit and the knowledge of Christ. The old way is sinful and unhealthy behavior. Satan promises you the world, but man, it's just, it's a cancer. And the new way is abundant living, wholesome living. Hell, you put your head on your pillow at night with a free conscience. You live in a way that is actually healthier physically, emotionally, spiritually healthier. And the old way results in this, divine punishment and destructive consequences. But the new way, Christian, is divine blessings and healthy results, healthy for your family, healthy for your church, healthy for your mind and your spirit. And so in review, dress appropriately for your new position. You have a new position in Jesus Christ. You are righteous you are called to be a child of God and an ambassador to this world for Jesus. Dress appropriately. Replace the old with the new. That's your new life in Jesus Christ. Renew your spirit daily. Get in fashion in the image of Christ. Make sure that your mind is renewed according to the word and not the world. And then finally, recalibrate that focus, pinpoint accuracy, putting Jesus Christ at the center. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness and grace to us and salvation and all that we have. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ in heavenly places. Lord, we forget and we don't realize them all. Lord, thank you for the benefits of our membership in this family. Help us to constantly renew our minds, put off the old and put on the new so that we can realize these benefits, live abundantly, victory over frustration and anger and malice and lying and filthy communication. Lord, Give your people victory so that we can honor you and represent Jesus Christ well to this world so that souls can be saved. God, help us to love you, to walk humbly with you, and honor you in all that we say and do. Help us to put Christ at the center. Lord, be with us as we travel home tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.